Coming to you from the Twin Cities, this is Toughcast. And welcome everybody to Toughcast. This is Notch, and only Notch, because Jeff is off being a productive member of society. He's working uh, at his job, which I try to tell him. I mean, it's way more important to be here, to be with you guys, but he just doesn't love you like I do, you know? So uh, I'm literally coming to you guys today from my bedroom. I am sitting in bed. This is the life. A captive audience, uh, albeit through a microphone, uh, ranting about soccer on my part, uh, telling you about NASL news and signings. Um, Boy, there's a lot of signings to discuss today. But this really is the life for me. And I know at least one of you is actually in bed as well listening to this, Colin Solberg, who told me that he goes to sleep listening to Toughcast. Well, Colin, I hope you're enjoying uh, being in bed as much as I am right now, although... um, I have all my clothes on. I don't know how you sleep, buddy, but like uh, this is a decent podcast, so I hope you're in uh, decent attire in the bedroom as well. So let's uh, get started right away because I, when I'm by myself, oh man, I love talking. I love talking. I mean, you guys, if you meet, met me at games, you know this. Uh, having the megaphone in my hand and shouting at the crowd is just a way for me not to talk through the entire game, basically. Because I would end up bothering whoever I stood next to. So so I'm going to keep talking at you guys. Uh, and we're going to cover just a little bit of NASL news before we get to all the mid-season signings that occurred. Basically, all the signings that occurred since the end of the spring season and the start of the fall. Uh, it's not exactly been a um, barn burner of a signing season. But there have been enough and a few interesting ones to discuss, I think. So let's get started right away. We started to talk about the U.S. men's national team. Because that's what you'll come to listen to an NASL podcast for is hearing about the national team. And the USA crashed out 4-0 against Argentina. And I just want to say right off the bat, there were some people going out and saying, oh my god, this was worse than Mexico's 7-0 loss. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. And it wasn't a great loss. Let me put it that way. I mean, it wasn't fun to watch uh, America's not even score a single shot, okay, on goal. Like, that was that was not nice. But come on. It's Argentina with Messi, Higuain, and they're not even just those guys. They, they were those guys in good form, all right? There was no other result that was ever going to come out 99 times of the 100 that you were going to play. So I'm going to cut the U.S. men's national team just a little bit of slack, and I'm actually going to hope that Jurgen Klinsmann does take the England job because I'm a spiteful guy, and I want him to do well with that team, finally resurrect England, so that all these people who have been getting on his back this whole time... Uh, just shut up. You know, I'm, I'm, there was some news that came out you know, right after this Copa. People finally talk, starting to say some good stuff about Klinsman. And some news came out where like, senior players had like revolted against him. And that's why we're doing well. I mean, shut up. Just shut up. Seriously, let's just accept the fact that the U.S. isn't the best team in the world. That we had a good tournament this time. That sometimes we have bad tournaments like the last Gold Cup. And the World Cup was fun enough, okay? Uh, and that, that this is this is maybe the ceiling at the moment. And I don't know who's going to replace him. I don't know if Bruce Serena comes in and does something different. I don't know if promotion relegation is the answer. I'm not saying I have the answers. It's just getting really tiresome to see the yo-yo of like love, hate, and um, kind of craziness that happens with the U.S. men's national team. Okay? So, moving along, I, I gotta say though, I've been enjoying the Euros way more. I, you know, I started one of our episodes a few weeks ago saying that I wasn't excited for the Euros. Turns out I am. A uh, big part of that is uh, your own uh, IKEA catalog of Iceland, uh, who have 
surprised everybody. I mean, unless you live under a rock, you know that they beat England. That was beautiful. Watching that game was probably the highlight of the last couple of weeks for me. It was so much fun. And and to see all those English players, like, I, I, you know, I expected them to be embarrassed. But to be so, like, visibly embarrassed on the pitch after that game was beautiful. It was amazing. And... Uh, you know, there was a typical talk on Twitter about, hey, promotion, relegation, didn't do much good, bloody, bloody, blah. It's really funny. And it's also been hilarious to listen to all the, like, um, English soccer podcasts. You know, even the ones that I don't normally listen to, I went and listened to that episode because it's so funny. I will say, though, the, the Football Daily from Guardian. Really, I, I stopped listen, listening to it last couple of years. Uh, I'd been a kind of constant listener before that and i've gone back to listening to it it is kind of fun i, I like that podcast uh, very much um and if, you, if you're trying to keep up with the euros but not able to watch the games they do a really good job over there of keeping it light funny and still analyzing all the stuff um hopefully the way you find this podcast but maybe not who knows uh moving along railhawks uh i was on their website looking at their signings and there's an interesting piece of news where they offered to folks who had uh, tickets to the game on June 15th. There was a two-hour thunderstorm delay. To folks who had bought tickets, it's kind of a let's make it up to you for this rain delay. They decided to give them a buy one, get one free deal on three uh, three other NASL games. Want to pick one, basically, and you get buy one, get one free on a ticket to that game. Or they got a discount on the West Ham United friendly, which I thought was pretty neat. You know, I've always wondered, like, I've never sat through a thunderstorm delay, so I always wondered, like, man, that's got to stink, right? To, to show up to a game, get really amped, like, see soccer, and then be like, whoa, everybody inside, you know, and, and not get to enjoy that. So I was wondering what teams do, and so it's kind of cool to see the Real Hawks um, show a bit of loyalty to their fans. Uh, speaking of loyalty to fans, by the way, Minnesota United announced a Premier League friendly to against uh, AFC Bournemouth. But, but what, 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 AFC? AFC, what, what does that mean? A fucking cherry? Like the cherries? Um, why, why do they need these like letters before their names? Why can't it just be Bournemouth, huh? Uh, whatever happened to good, proper... I, I don't know, I'm just ranting now for absolutely no reason. See, this is why I, when I'm by myself, I enjoy just going off on tangents and ranting. It's beautiful, it's fun. This is the way my mind works, by the way. Uh, and it's it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Anyway, AFC Association Football Club Bournemouth is going to be in Minnesota. And uh, speaking of loyalty to fans, Minnesota United offered their season ticket holders some really you know great prices on uh, tickets. So so a ticket that's like twenty bucks normally is fifteen for season ticket holders, which I thought was pretty neat. I mean that kind of loyalty makes a season ticket worth it for me. Makes me way more likely to renew for the next year. And it makes me feel kind of attached to the club. I've always said loyalty to a club is a two-way street. Like, I am a supporter. I show you kind of loyalty when I go to events that are not soccer-related. I do political activism for you, whatever. And then you got to show some of that back to me. It can't be just a one-way street. And things like this, they make me happy. So, uh, good job, um, Minnesota United. Uh, Speaking of more ticket-related stuff... Interestingly, Fort Lauderdale Strikers and Miami FC have uh, this kind of dual deal that they're doing where they're, of course, in the same metro area and they're playing two games against each other in the in the fall. And they've decided to do a two-game pack where for 20 bucks, fans of either team can buy tickets to both games, uh, including free parking, by the way, emphasized on both sides. And they're calling it the FL Classico, which is Strikers have this like cool marketing piece where they have like L Classico written and the E is like scratched out with an F over it. It's, it's pretty neat. I thought that was I thought it was good marketing. Uh, unfortunately, both 
teams get very low attendance. So putting them together, maybe they'll have like 3K or 4K in the stadium. Let's hope. Um, but hey, I'll, I'll take it, man. I'll take I'll take this kind of cheesy marketing any day of the week. Strikers also beat uh, Orlando City SC 2-1 with a last-minute winner. This was like one of those classic moments where everyone thought was going to go to penalties and PC comes in, my favorite guy, my favorite striker, PC, uh, the personal computer. He made the calculations. He programmed himself just right and then put in a long shot, just taking the winner and went and celebrated in front of what was a pretty decent-sized uh, traveling fan contingent. i got to say, good job, Flight 19, showing, making their presence known over there. So the, the strikers are now the only NASL team left in the U.S. Open Cup because the Cosmos lost 3-2 to the New England Revolution. Um... I don't think anybody saw this coming. Uh, not least of which everyone who thought that the strikers were going to basically uh, just be totally pathetic this year. So they've, uh, you know, even if even their spring go, or their fall goes totally pear-shaped, at least they have this one thing to like cling to, which is like, we made it the furthest in the US Open Cup. Who knows, maybe they'll be the Iceland uh, of, uh, of the uh, US Open Cup. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. I'm hoping so. Eamon Zayed, NASL player... Of the month in June, um, very competitive title given how many games were played in June, of course. And uh, congratulations to Eamon. Uh, Indy beat Pachuca, Mexico's Pachuca, 1-0, by the way. And Mr. Zayad scored the winner. <laughs> I mean, this guy is like, I think he's well on his way to becoming an Indy legend. And I'm kind of jealous because he is such a cool guy. Like, I just got to say, like, reading his stories, and if you're bored one day, just put Eamon Zayed into Google and read articles about him. He's a really candid guy. I mean, if you listen to our interview with him, you know that he just loves to talk, uh, kind of like someone else on this podcast. And he is, unlike me, though, his stories are really good. He He's an interesting dude. So his news articles are the same way. And I found him fascinating to learn more about, and I'm really jealous that indie fans get to meet him, get to see him score, and that he's turned into such an amazing guy for them so far. So um, I I find myself kind of wishing we had... I, I think he's there kind of like Ibarra. Miguel Ibarra, that kind of cult of personality that developed over here. I think he's on his way to doing that. So it'll be interesting to see if he sticks around after this year. Uh, attendance at that game, Pachuca game was 6,000. Uh, also, Gerardo Torado, Torado, Torado. Uh, he, uh, former, he of the Mexican legend fame of former Mexican international made his debut for Indy in that game. Puerto Rico FC signed a TV deal with, uh, local TV network WAPA 2. Not WAPA 1, but WAPA 2. Uh, apparently they're a local Puerto Rican sports channel woohoo also by the way on the puerto rico fc website there was an article that said uh puerto rico fc visits the pediatric hospital and i was like huh that's an interesting generic headline okay uh let's go in the article hopefully i find out which pediatric hospital they visited uh i don't i don't know maybe puerto rico just has one but that seems kind of silly uh who knows i i as an assumption that's a silly assumption so i go in and it still says they went to the oncology ward in the pediatric hospital which one, guys? Where was it? <laughs> you got to give me, like, some details. Otherwise, it just sounds like the most generic press release in the world. Uh, you know, next they'll be like, uh, Puerto Rico FC goes and does service at the food shelf. Then they went to the stadium, scored the goal, and won the match. I mean, 
Uh, anyway, uh, they've they've got some. Uh, they've got. I think I think they've got a, got a little bit of work to do on on figuring out how to do their uh, press releases. But anyway, uh, Minnesota United FC lost two to four to Club Leon at Target Field, the the local. Uh, Major League Baseball Stadium. From all accounts, it was actually a fun game to be at. 18,000 in attendance. Um, and, and apparently Target Field is actually a pretty decent place to, to watch soccer. Uh, which everyone was like, man, well, this could be great for our temporary home. And I'm like, yeah, but all the rumors so far for our temporary home uh, before we build our own MLS Stadium point to DCF Bank Stadium, the University of Minnesota's football stadium which um, I happen to despise personally to be perfectly honest and don't want to really watch any games there but I guess target field everyone did like it so all right if we if we have to play in a temporary stadium which I really hope we don't you know the the anyway I, I don't know if I want to go off on this round but suffice it to say I'd much rather be watching games at NSC right up until we move into our own stadium uh, but target field apparently was great and people enjoyed it uh, there was a trialist, Joby McCannaf, uh, Jamaican international, born in England. He was Reading FC's captain for a while, played for them in the Premier League. He uh, played of, of some, some minutes in this game and apparently acquitted himself quite well. Also, there was some talk about how JC Banks from Minnesota United playing a number 10 role was um, it's probably his best game of the team. Let's be honest. Uh, scored a goal. So um, that could... Keep an eye on that where where JC ends up. The first NASL game to be broadcast on CBS Sports, as you recall, they signed this deal in the offseason, but none of the games in the spring were going to be on CBS Sports. The first game on CBS Sports is going to be Ryo versus Edmonton. Yeah, because when I want to make a big flashy statement about NASL, and I'm like, ah, this is going to be really exciting, I show a game that's being held in Oklahoma City, uh, against Edmonton, the true powerhouse cities of the North American continent. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving along, uh, let's let's get to those signings that I was talking about. I'm going to try to get through these fairly quickly because uh, I don't want to bore you guys with, with extraneous details. Uh, but let's see. Uh, Carolina Railhawks, I'm just going to go in alphabetical order by team. Carolina Railhawks signed Matt Fondy, who their press release, I mean, just kind of explains the whole situation, which is they're talking about how um, he was... 2015 USL MVP, he scored so many goals in the past, his like pedigree comes from here, and he was in the youth system there, and he was with the fire, blah de blah blah and then finally they're like, oh yeah, and uh, because of all that cool stuff, he was signed by Jackson Armada in 2016, and that's the, like the final sentence. No, sta- no statement of the fact that uh, in eight games for Jacksonville, he had 13 shots with zero goals as a forward. Yeah, yeah. Railhawks just signed uh, probably the biggest like hype flop uh, this side of the NASL. And um, I mean, may- maybe this all works. Maybe with T. Shipalani and, um, you know, Deleuze and these guys like behind him, Fondi just comes alive and, and scores a bajillion goals. Who knows? Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure that that's on the cards, uh, but it could, I mean... It, I think by the end of his time with Jacksonville, he seemed to be psyched out, and it's gonna it's gonna depend. I think if he can unchoke himself, uh, if if he if it works, it's good for them though. Alex Perez, uh, who joined the Railhawks in the fall of 2015, 
has left the Railhawks as well. He's a Spanish dude, and he's uh, going back to Spain for family reasons. He had two goals and two assists from 15 matches with the Railhawks. Steven Miller, uh, defender, has been loaned to the Tulsa Roughnecks in the USL. He played five matches for the Rowdies. Moving along to FC Edmonton, the most aptly named um, Eddie, Eddie Edward of the Eddies. Unfortunately, is no longer with the Eddies because he's gone off to Ottawa. He was released after his or during his fifth season with the with Edmonton. So he's been a you know veteran with 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 the Eddies. It's kind of cool to see like how long he'd stuck around. But he's an Ottawa native, and uh, apparently there was a quote unquote serious family situation that necessitated him going back to Ottawa, and that's where he's headed. Uh, he's a right back. Milan Roberts also was loaned by the Fury or by Edmonton to the Fury. He's 23 years old. He joined Edmonton in 2013 and had 21 appearances for them. But uh, the coach said Roberts is not in our plans and he needs playing time. He's young, so why not let him go after the Fury and get that? So makes sense. Richie Jones uh, for the Eddies, who's pretty decent last year for them. He's a midfielder. Uh, he joined in 2014 and made 44 regular season appearances. So quite a few. He suffered a pretty serious knee injury in the offseason, which, um, despite constant rehab, doesn't seem to have allowed him to play in this past spring season. So they said, well, enough is enough. Best for you to go on your own distance. Uh, and the coach again said that this is not a career-ending uh, injury. Sean Nicola, by the way, of Jacksonville, is training with the Eddies. He's a right back. Alan Zebby, who's a Canadian, is expected to start. Uh, per Steve Sandor at the11.ca, Alan Zebi is expected to start at right back in Eddie Edwards' former position. But uh, Sean Nicola, who's a Guam international, pretty good player actually, one of Jacksonville's better players, might end up there. Keep an eye on him. Uh, Fort Lauderdale Strikers did sign Brian Arguez. I think you guys will remember that we talked about uh, Arguez's case, former NASL player. He'd kind of child prodigy, the youngest American to start in the Bundesliga before. Christian Pulisic, but he's only ever started one game for the team uh, over there before coming back and kind of crashing down the leagues. Uh, kind of hit rock bottom, I believe, in 2014 with the Railhawks when he was accused of sexual assault. Acquitted earlier this year. And so he's taken a couple of years off, signed by the Strikers. Uh, he was training with Miami, but on the 10th of June, they released him. And we'll talk about that in a second. And so... Probably a budget buy for the Strikers. He's going to be playing with his old number of 17, which he played with when he was with the Strikers in 2011. He went with them to the NASL Championship Series that year. Uh, something about crappy old Lockhart is now inserted by the dark clouds about this where we, we won the cup there. So um, anyway, uh, Arguez is probably a budget buy for the Strikers if I had to speculate because he's been out for a couple of years. I think this is a low-risk move for them. If he works out, great. If he doesn't, it doesn't hurt them very much. He was an unused substitute in that Orlando City game. Uh, Indy 11, as we mentioned before, Gerard Torado just joined them. And they also signed a guy named Suleimani Yola. He's a Guinean international, a forward. He's 34 years old with 17 pro seasons under his belt. Wow, that's a lot. Uh, and he's played in top division teams in Belgium, France, Turkey, I believe also Hungary, and some really good ones like Anderlecht, um, so he's got 33 appearances for the Guinean uh, Mutant Ninja Turtles, and he's scored 11 goals for them. So that's pretty cool. And also, interestingly, he spent nine seasons in Turkey, I think with Besiktas, but don't quote me on that one. And because of how much time he spent, he actually has Turkish citizenship. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Jackson Armada 
actually picked up a dude on loan who I was surprised to see um, not back in the NASL earlier. Zach Steinberger, who was with Indy last year and who kind of impressed me. He has a lot of speed. He's kind of um, creative dude, very active, hard worker for my my I in in the 12 appearances that he had with Indy 11. Well, he's now back on loan again from the Houston Dynamo to Jacksonville Armada. Uh, I expect this to be one of their better players in the fall. Steinberger, I, I rate him quite highly. So he's 24 years old. He's a midfielder. Let's see what happens. Uh, Jeff and I talked about how Carl Oymet is on loan with uh, New York Red Bulls. And from now on, uh, the, I'm going to do the obvious thing of calling him an omelette. Uh, Nicholas Maripu and Alexander Anderson, uh, two Swedish dudes, have signed with Jacksonville Armada. Uh, I'm guessing this is because um, Tony Miola was watching the Euros being like, wow, these uh, Icelanders with the name Son are pretty good. Find me one of those. And the Jacksonville Armada guy was, huh, Sweden, Iceland, got to be the same thing, right? Let's go to Sweden instead. So they got two guys. Maripu is a 24-year-old mid. He's played in the Swedish second division. He came up through the AIK youth system. Those of you following European football have probably heard about AIK before, a famous Swedish team. Alexander Andersson is a 30-year-old striker and spent six seasons with Dagefors IF in the Swedish second division. I bet that meant a lot to just like one of you. Uh, Matt Fondy, of course, left the Armada to go to the Railhawks. Miami FC has signed, uh, well, they released Brian Arguez, and they also released this guy named Sergio Van Canten, who only played 37 minutes in one start. Yeah, he started a game and was taken out after 37 minutes, and he earned a yellow. So um, the, the funny thing about both of these releases was that Miami FC mentioned it in a kind of post-spring wrap-up, where they said, um, literally just added a sentence at the very end of this really long article saying roster moves the miami fc have parted ways with brian arguez and sergio van canton <laughs> it's kind of an inauspicious exit uh so don't know what happened there but um quadvo poku quadvo poku nycfc's breakout star of 2015 has signed with miami fc and a kind of a blockbuster deal of um Kind of conflicting figures. Empire Soccer reporting $700,000 transfer fee. Grant Wall says $750,000. Either way, the salary is said to be $500,000 per year with bonuses added. Wow. Poku was with the Atlanta Silverbacks um, in 2014. And uh, he scored twice for Atlanta in 25 appearances. Now... He played way better for, for NYCFC, okay? In 34 appearances, he had five goals, seven assists. He was kind of, he was really good. And I think he has it in him to be really good. But he didn't show that when he was with Atlanta. So the question is, are we getting, uh, is Miami getting Atlanta's Poku? Or are they getting NYCFC from 2015's Poku? Because this year, uh, his coaches ha- have had some issues with him. Patrick Vieira actually publicly criticized him. Uh, I believe his positioning in particular. So let's see what happens. Good piece of business for NYCFC nonetheless. Also, Miami spending a lot of money. Uh, I don't know if this is like one of those like, oh, we struck oil in Qatar and we're now going to buy everybody. Or uh, Ricardo Silva has decided, you know, all this money, money is the root of all evils. I need to get rid of all of my money and be an austere yogi in like the Himalayas. He's wearing orange now. He's grown out his hair. He's counting beads. He sold his like TV company, which he actually did. So maybe, maybe that's what's happening here, is that MP and Silva, or Ricardo Silva, just wants to give up all of his MP and Silva money 
and he's doing it as fast as possible. So, so that might be what happens. Either way, uh, they better be pairing this with some good um, ticket sales and marketing stuff because, yeah, it makes a difference to be winning games with good players, which, first of all, let's see if these good players actually end up winning games for them. But you need to be pairing that with some sort of marketing to get people through the door. So I hope they're doing it, but it remains to be seen. All right, next team on our list is Minnesota United FC, which so far has done no business. I mentioned McCannif was on trial. Uh, they also had a German dude on trial, as reported by 55-1. So, but nothing yet from Minnesota United. Uh, the New York Cosmos, uh, we mentioned before, the clown car is out of contract and is now signed with Rangers. So there's that. Ottawa Fury acquired Milan Roberts on loan from FC Edmonton, and they acquired Eddie Edward from Edmonton, of course. We talked about that before. Just reports today, by the way, that they've offered a deal for Maxim Tissot of Impact Montreal. And it'd be kind of interesting if, for example, Marcel Dion went the other way. So this was kind of a like-for-like deal. It'd be interesting to see that happen. Tissot is a Canadian dude who's been on, with Montreal for a couple of years, I believe. Puerto Rico FC have signed two guys, actually, who are already signed but they're, they're, and played for them. But their announcements could only be made after June 20th. Um, Transfer and the NASL transfer window opened on June 20th. So Hector Ramos, Puerto Rico native, former Puerto Rico Islander, who's played most recently in El Salvador. He's joined them. He's a forward. David Lopez Molinar is a 24-year-old Mexican attacker who also has played some seasons in the El Salvadorian first division. Puerto Rico FC is basically raiding El Salvador. There's some guy in their office who's like the um, El Salvador version of a Euro snob who just prefers El Salvador soccer to everything else. And, you know, he's like hoping that the Islander or the uh, Puerto Rico FC supporters group brings in El Salvadorian chance. He goes there every summer to watch games and he's been listening closely. So any Puerto Rico listeners, go find this one, dude. Uh, Rio OKC signed um, two guys. Uh, Brian Biars. Brian Biars. Or they've uh, Rio OKC has signed Pirate Brian Bjars. He's a 24 year old goalie who most recently played for the OKC Energy. And uh, yeah, that's about it. He's going to take the role of backup goalkeeper from Caleb Patterson Sewell, who is on quote unquote a leave of absence. Very ominous, very ominous. Araya OKC also signed Adrian Abels, who a couple of weeks ago Jeff was very excited about because, um, well, we didn't know who he was. Uh, 22-year-old rookie from DePauw. Cool. Um, Tampa Bay Rowdies also have done no business, but they did manage to book Florida for a July 2nd concert. So there's actually a poster now that features Joe Cole and Florida uh, on the same uh, piece of copy. That's pretty crazy. Uh, this is this is the world that we live in today. Uh, speaking of the world that we live in today, the world that we're going to be living in on July 2nd is that every single NASL team is going to be in action playing a game. No more bye weeks, yo. So I'm going to take a quick break right now and come back with my and Jeff's predictions for this coming weekend's games. <laughs>
and welcome back to Notchcast with me, Notch. Jeff is, of course, scrutinizing salads uh, over at work at the moment. Probably he's on his lunch break at the minute. Um, you know, taking a look at some kale and being like, kale shouldn't be on salads. This is an outrage. Beets? Whoever put beets? Oh, the horror. Where are my walnuts? You know, because I think, I think Jeff, if I have to imagine Jeff as a salad, he's uh, walnuts with iceberg lettuce, um, some parmesan. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think lettuce, parmesan, and walnuts. That's the Jeff salad. So uh, we can, I'm not going to tell you the predictions for this weekend's games by me and by Salad Police. Uh, Fort Lauderdale Strikers versus Miami is the first game, the FL Classico, a full Classico. <laughs> uh, I predict Fort Lauderdale is going to take this one. Uh, Jeff predicts Miami. I, you know, Miami signed some good dudes, but uh, I think Fort Lauderdale have they figured something out recently. And I wouldn't be surprised if they can pull this one through. The next few, both Jeff and I have picked the same people. We picked the Cosmos to beat Ottawa because, come on. Uh, we picked uh, Indy to beat Puerto Rico FC because, come on. And we picked uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies to beat Jackson Lormarak because, come on. All three of those teams over there that we just picked have clear advantages over the other Ottawa Versus Cosmos seems a bit lopsided. Puerto Rico FC is an expansion team. Jacksonville is in shambles. So I expect the results to go that way, but who knows? Uh, we also were homers and we picked Minnesota United to beat uh, Carolina, which is like the classic trap. You know, both of us are like, yeah, Minnesota will win. They'll show us. We'll have a great July 4th weekend. And then, you know, of course, this means that we're going to be horribly sad come uh, Sunday. Uh, Rio KAC takes on FC Edmonton in the NSL's first game on CBS Sports. Watch online or somewhere. I don't know. I actually do have to figure out how to watch uh, CBS Sports because uh, it it I don't, as far as I know it's not on Sling TV, so I have no idea how to catch it. But um, if I figure it out, I'll let you know. If you figure it out, please let me know. Send me a, shoot me a line about how I can watch this game if I wanted to. Particularly if they have some DVR functionality somewhere. Anyway, I picked FC Edmonton to pull this one through. Um, whereas uh, Salad Police picked uh, Raya OKC. Um, I think both are pretty legitimate picks in this regard. O- FC Edmonton has lost a couple of guys. But um, I don't know. They have a funny way of like coming through when the chips are down. And uh, they've kind of they finished the spring season on a bit of a high. So who knows? Anyway, this has been a very lonely episode of Toughcast with just me. Um, next week, Jeff will be back, so worry not. Um, in the meantime, you can catch us on iTunes, on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play Podcast. You can catch me at LockstockSpock. Uh, our uh, podcast handle is at Two United Fans. I believe Jeff is at Jeff Ruder, but uh, let me let me. Uh, you know, the thing is, this is why I don't like saying other people's like information because I always get it wrong. So let me just check. Yep, at J-E-F-F-R-U-E-T-E-R. So catch him over there. Um, see us at the game. If you do, wave. We'll wave back. Uh, and until then, until next week or next Thursday when we come back at you, have a great, great week. Goodbye, everybody, and have a great July 4th, too. Hey.